0: Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything, Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. Happy New Year from our friends over at Manscaped. The ball has officially dropped, but that does not mean that you have to drop the ball on your balls. It's time you bring Sexy back in 2022 and step your game up with Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped to help them ring in the new year with the right tools. For the job, just go to manscaped.com and use the code all for 20% off plus free shipping. It's a new year, new you, and a new you means no pubes. Donnie, I feel like we've been doing this ad read for a little while now. I hope that they uh switch it up soon. But uh, Valentine's Day, everything worked out well, everything looked uh, okay.
1: Yeah, I you know from uh, start to beginning, it worked out phenomenal. Uh, you know, whether it be the uh, the 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 ball crop deodorant that we got. Um and then surprisingly the um the the boxes which we always talk about. But um, the lawnmower four definitely did its job. Um you know it's funny because sometimes it can get a little bit dark in our bathrooms, you know, with the way the lighting set up. And you know what, even with the that like eight K flashlight that's on like strapped on that thing. Um I had absolutely no worries about trying to ensure that the uh, lawn was indeed mowed properly
0: love it love to hear it it's time to ramp up your exercise and grooming routine this year for maximum gains a six-pack is a great new year's resolution but how about a six-pack for your balls the manscape performance package 4.0 contains six essential tools for the ultimate below the waist grooming routine inside the performance package 4.0 you'll find the signature lawnmower 4.0 this electric trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin The advanced skin-safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate nuts. And it also comes equipped with a 4,000K LED spotlight that will shine a light to the promised land 2022 looks to be. It's also time to freshen up down there in the new year. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And for on-the-go freshness after you leave the gym, you'll love the Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray. Start the new year with a fresh set of testes, thanks to Manscaped. Manscaped even threw in their shed travel bag to keep your goodies stored comfortably. And speaking of comfort, the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs are also included and will bring your boys down south to the next level. Manscaped also wants you to go beyond the groin with their new Refined Cologne, which offers a light yet masculine, pleasing fragrance. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code allstealers at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code allstealers at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code allstealers. Have no regrets this year with our friends at Manscaped. Donnie, I think that uh, promo deal ends tomorrow. I'm pretty sure that we need one more promo to lock up our long-term deal with good old Manscaped. Feeling real good about it. So yeah. everybody out there, you got 24 hours. We appreciate Gotta you, you appreciate now. us. Crunch time. Feeling good about it. Not feeling good about a couple of things when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Number 1, seems everybody and their mother exploded because the team seems to have missed out on their opportunity to bring back Mike Munchak on the offensive line. Instead, they go ahead and they hire Panthers offensive line coach Pat Meyer. 2 Everyone seems to believe Sam Howell is head to the Steelers. And the way that that happens, eh, yikes, big yikes. And uh, three, uh, I don't think I have a third. I don't think I have a third. I think we're just not. Yeah, feeling I was actually going to ask
1: things. you. Um, I was actually going to ask you. How much money did you win on Sunday for uh, Super Bowl Fifty Six?
0: Oh, 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 oh baby, I came out on top. So I have to say a couple of things. One, my account was at six hundred dollars heading into the weekend. Mm-hmm. I bet all six hundred of that dollars.
1: Okay, You're wild. You are all six hundred of it.
0: I ended off with an account balance of seven thirty-six or something. So I won one hundred and thirty-six bucks. I was okay. feeling real good about it. My um my over under forever has now hit the positives. We're now up to something overall, all time. I'm talking like 12 grand bet. We are in the positives. So say what you want, but the kid's killing it. It was a great year of betting. It was a great year of betting. How about yourself? Uh,
1: I, I only bet like 15 bucks. So I came up on like a, a Super Bowl square And like maybe like uh, I, I hit Joe Mixon's rushing prop in the first quarter. I hit uh, heads for the coin toss. Um, but I, I really didn't go to crazy. I just wanted to enjoy the game. Um, I was sweating for you though because I didn't know how much you had bet on Bengals plus four and how much you had put on Bengals money line. And uh, one on of those hit, one of those did not hit. So, yeah, no, zero on the money line. Um, although I did
0: take a Jamar Chase plus 50 yards and Bengals to win boost, put 50 bucks on that. That one was a loss, unfortunately. Uh, the rest of them, though, I was, I was feeling real good. I even put together a parlay. I put together a $10 parlay with, like, plus once 1,176 odds or something crazy. And uh, even that hit. First parlay of the whole season. Hit.
1: It was on fire. I was loving it. Halftime show had me vibing. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Can you talk about that being one of the best halftime shows that we have seen with our own eyes? Yeah. Us? I mean, I, I, like I, the... I, can't, I can't put it on, like, Prince. Yeah, yeah. I can't put it, like, quite on that level. But, man, that was a damn good halftime show. Damn good halftime show.
0: And I don't like the people who are like, oh, it's the greatest ever or it's not the greatest ever. I'm like, dude, there's a billion halftime shows. If the halftime show was phenomenal, it's a great halftime show. Like, can't we just yeah, leave it bro, at that we had, one?
1: We had to sit through, like, Coldplay and dude, just, Coldplay, like, play all these other, like, shows, yeah. Yeah, there's been some real,
0: real rough ones. And, like, I mean, even the weekend last year. I was not entertained by the weekend.
1: People liked them. yeah. <laughs> I really liked the weekend. Um, halftime show was a little bit weird for me. It was weird, but I mean, I, I still sing along with all those songs and stuff, so I can't say I hated it. All right, see, I wasn't really into it this year, though. Like, I was ready to go. Like, I
0: made sure that, oh, like, bro, I, kept... I was,
1: I, I, I had a double cup. I was like sea walking, <laughs> like in the kitchen with like. I also had in the double hand, cup. Like, double I, cup in the other
0: hand. I bought red solo cups to pour my drinks into the whole super bowl because i want i had to have a double cup at all times i just felt like yeah. that was just that was part of it you know what i mean there's a lot of things yeah. Yeah. it was a great time and then in the middle of it actually eminem just finished And i'm a huge eminem fan and my girlfriend looks at me and she's like your your boy didn't really do that great and i was just like don't talk to me at all for the rest of the day actually why would you try to ruin my happiness right now it was rough it was almost like a divorce moment In i will be honest but uh We kept it together. We fought through it. You know, that's what love's about. It was a great halftime show. Persevere. But it was a great halftime show. Um, It was definitely a great halftime show. I think the Super Bowl as a whole, I think a lot of people were like, oh, you know, it's kind of boring. Didn't really tickle my fancy. I was like, it was a great time. I wasn't upset about the winner. I wasn't happy about the winner. You know, felt bad for Odell Beckham Jr., but I knew a lot of people that bet the under on Odell's uh, receiving yard. So I was like, yeah, well, you know, that's a win for some people. Feeling good about that one. I just felt overall it was a good time. It was a good time. Not having Joe Mixon at the end of the game, questionable. But
1: there's a lot oh, of choices. super make. questionable. And yeah, I, I, how are you going to have Piran out there for both of those like plays to end the game too? Um, yeah, it doesn't make then, sense. Did you see where like the ball was like kind of at Piran's feet, and a lot of people were complaining about him like not diving for it?
0: Yeah, yeah. Did you see I that? Just...
1: I don't know. I don't know how,
0: what I te- what I make of the whole thing. You know, I'm not the coach. I don't make those decisions. But if I'm Joe Mixon, I'm like, why am I not in the game? Down four points with, or down three points on the last drive, last possible yeah, I'm, drive. I'm
1: also quadruple teaming Aaron Donald on that situation too. So the fact that like he blew past, uh, I think it was like the the Bengals left guard, it just absolutely destroyed Joe Burrow
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, Jalen Ramsey, I thought, had a very poor performance. A lot of people going into it were talking about, oh, well, Jamar Chase isn't going to be able to beat Jalen Ramsey. And I thought Jalen Ramsey played the worst game I've ever seen him play. Speaks a lot on his legacy, I I would say that for sure. Let's talk about some Steelers. Yeah. I don't like to plug people who don't deserve respect in our industry i don't like to do it i don't like to draw attention to those people but yeah. i'm gonna do it this company is going? this is going straight to pff this oh. is and i the zero like look at pff right. is a great product yeah. and i truly do believe in the pff product i believe that they to a degree are very good at analyzing things then you have people who put together things like lists and put together opinions, vote on awards within the company, and run social media accounts. Anything that is not the actual PFF product is absolute garbage. Just a complete dumpster fire of chaos. And not only did they disrespect T.J. Watt by giving Miles Garrett Defensive Player of the Year, which had, I mean, even the NFL, even the AP said that Miles Garrett doesn't even get a vote. Doesn't even get a vote. Named him Defensive Player of the Year. Then they came back with their top 101 players from the 2021 season. And T.J. Watt fell from ninth in 2020 when he did not win Defensive Player of the Year or tie the sack record to 20th. 20th. Dropped 11 spots. He's the third-ranked edge rusher behind Miles Garrett and Max Crosby. Dude, Max Crosby, Max Crosby, like if anything, like Max Crosby should be in the top 20, but TJ Watt should be fourth, fifth, third, 20. The disrespect.
1: Yeah, I was always told that um, PFF is like whenever you're in a relationship and you see a very, very attractive other person. It's nice to look at, but at the end of the day, like it doesn't matter and you can't really do anything with it. Um, so, I mean, the, the numbers are cool that they pulled out, you know, the, the analytics of, oh, like, T.J. White, like, whenever he eats shrimp on game day, gets, like, four and a half sacks. And that's, yeah, that's yeah, like, yeah. tied for, like, the NFL's, like, leading shrimp-eating, like, edge rusher. Um, but PFF has, like, always been considered a joke, you know? And but, I think yeah. it's just because, like, it's a bunch of people, and I am not slandering anybody that works for PFF um also but like it's things. a bunch of people who are assigned to grade players um and they're grading these players on just like stuff that like we don't really know like what their like assignments are what they're supposed to be you can have a general idea of like for example like what somebody's supposed to do but at the end of the day like it like it does not factor in blown assignments it doesn't you know factor in you know minor tweaks in the game plan and there's just a whole bunch of like gray area that PFF does not operate under, and I feel like that penalizes a lot of really good players in T.J. Watt's case, for example. Um, you show me, what did he rank, 20th? 20th. You show me 19 other players in the NFL better than T.J. Watt, and I'll show you a liar. <laughs> I will I will drag people's
0: names through the mud because I don't care like I think that there's I constantly hear PFF guys talking on the fan and uh, here and there and posting things on Twitter and I honestly if we're being honest like I've never seen one take from a PFF person that I thought was a, a reasonable take ever I think they're all just pushing cool and edgy Caboli tweeted at me it makes them cool and edgy it does make them cool and edgy but they're like the hipsters that are trying way too hard to be hipsters. They're like the the kid that you meet that you try to become friends with and they just hate everything that everyone else likes. You know what I mean? Yeah. The greatest movie of ever of all time comes out. They're like, "Eh, what well. It wasn't really that – it wasn't really. – did you see the cinema, the, the the camera footage or the camera angle on that one scene? I didn't think that was all that great. The greatest song of all time. They're the people that sat there watching the halftime show going, nah, you know, like yeah. it, it would have been better in 1999. It's like, yeah, no duh. We get
1: it. Thank you. Appreciate it. They're just – They're definitely the people who like remember in high school whenever everybody was wearing the uh, the Beats Binder headphones and they were like, oh, like you're wearing like – Beats by Dre headphones, yeah. like oh, you yeah, yeah. It's like, all right And they were rocking
0: the Skull out. candies, yeah. The that's skull. exactly what. It, that's what they were. Like that's the PFF is just has become such a you cannot take them seriously. And I just think that twentieth is. I mean, you, you could take away defense, which defensive player of the year should be enough. That should easily be enough. Yeah. And this list came out on Valentine's Day, so it that's clearly like after. 10, bro. Top 10. TJ Watt should be three. Yeah. I don't even remember what the list is. I could pull it up, but I, I'm pretty positive that the top 10 here, it's right right in front of me here. Trent Williams is number one. Aaron Donald goodness, yeah. is number two. Cooper Cup, number three. I, I'm not going to argue with any of those. Zach Martin yeah. is number four. Devonte Adams, five. Joe Burrow is number. Six. So now you have have the TJ Watt getting disrespected. Just headline. That's a headline. But then number two, Miles Garrett seven. By the way, Aaron Rodgers, league MVP. Aaron Rodgers, clearly the best quarterback in the NFL. Go ahead, take a guess. Take a guess. Thirteen.
1: No. Take another guess. 17. (laughs) No. Take another guess. (laughs) Okay.
0: 19. There's no way he's up in the top 20. He is number 19. He is the fourth quarterback on the list beside behind Joe Burrow, Tom Brady, and Josh Allen. I don't know. Like, how do you even take the list? How do you look at this list and go, oh, that's that makes a lot of sense. Debo Samuels is number eight, which, like, whatever. Say what you want. Micah Parsons is number 10. Micah Parsons. Mike had a
1: really good year, to be fair. Micah had a like, phenomenal dude, year. If, phenomenal if, year. If, if, oh, I take that back. Rodgers is 18. Sack record, if TJ didn't get the sack record, they they probably would have given Micah a defensive player of the year. That's how good he played. He did play very well, but still not – I mean,
0: I don't know about that one. And – I just this just clicked for me. So Aaron Rodgers is actually 18. Number 19 is Cam Hayward, who ranks above TJ Watt. The list just makes no
1: sense. I am not going to slander Cam Hayward. I'm not what I am going to do. I I am very happy to see Cam Hayward get that top 20 recognition because I feel like a lot of times he doesn't get that. Um, I personally would have T.J. Watt, at least this year. After you know we look at their bodies of work, over Cam Hayward. Now I understand they're very interchangeable in a lot of people's minds, um, and they do help each other out tremendously. But in terms of twenty twenty one performance, I just like I, I don't know how you look at T.J. Watt's body of work and just say there's nineteen other players in the NFL better than him. I, I you, really don't.
0: You can't. I just. You you cannot and you go through this list and even in the top twenty as I slide up, which we can move on from this because it's an absolute joke and nobody should take this seriously at all. Um, Mark, like you can see, their twenty twenty rank and Mark Andrews was unranked last season. Max Crosby unranked last season. George Kittle unranked last season. Uh, like it just Debo Samuel's unranked last season. I don't know if he played a whole ton of games. Cooper Cup unranked last season. It just the it this the inconsistencies. It's just like, hey man, what's cool right now? Let's ride with that. It's ridiculous. It is what it is. It's the off season. It's the beginning of the ridiculous, which is where we're gonna go next yep. to more ridiculous. It is a it is a just a great Wednesday to just trash talk everybody and their terrible takes, huh? Meanwhile, I dropped a uh, mock draft on uh, allsteelers so check that out, and you guys can trash me. That'd be fun,
1: <laughs>
0: Chad. I apologize if I get this name right, or Reuter. Wrong. Chad Reuter, Reuter. Reuter um, of Reuter. NFL.com released his mock draft published on Valentine's Day and has a very, very interesting take about how the Pittsburgh Steelers go about finding their next quarterback. So for the, what is it? Second time? In 22 years, second time in 22 years, they will trade up Mm
1: -hmm.
0: into the top 10 for pick number 10, a trade with the Jets to find quarterback out of the University of North Carolina, Sam Howell, which is the third quarterback taken Malik Willis goes third, I believe to the Panthers and Kenny Pickett goes ninth to the Denver Broncos. Matt Corral, who many people would use as an argument in this case and say, oh, well, you could just wait for Corral, goes 11th to the Washington Commanders. So not a quarterback available after 11. Moving up to top 10, I don't know. There's no details in that trade. I mean, I want to ask, is it realistic? (laughs) But just give me your opinion
1: on what's going on here. Uh, If that happens, I'm going dark on social media. And it's probably going to be a while before it, it comes back to light. Like, I might even do the podcast just in, like, a, a dark room where you won't see me. And I'll have just, like, um, remember uh, Plankton's robot wife, Karen? Um, mm-hmm. they, I'm just going to, like, have, like, a, like a, like an AI bot translate whatever I need to be said on the podcast so I can continue to, to do it with you. But while also, like, sulking at the same time. Um, that's line bro. Like if if the Steelers move up for Sam Howell, Buffalo chicken dip is being thrown. Um, you know your favorite mixed drink is going way out the window, ice and everything. The the double cups are flying separately out into the neighbor's lawn. Um, yeah, I'd like I, I I would much rather them stay put at twenty. Pick the best player available and then either roll with Mason or try to get somebody at you know the, the second or third round um yikes. Like that that really might be the worst case scenario. It is the that worst case really scenario. I, yeah.
0: I had the Steelers in my mock draft, the Steelers draft Sam Howell in the second round. And people had a problem with that. Like, why would you yeah. draft to, at that point, just move on and wait until next season? So you're gonna trade into the top 10 to go draft the fourth best quarterback. In the NFL, it's not like a Patrick Mahomes here. It's not like Josh Allen's coming out and people are like, well, he's got all the physical attributes. People are comparing this guy to Baker Mayfield.
1: Why are you trading into the Look, top 10 to go find a Baker Mayfield? If if you're moving into the top 10, you need to get one of the top two guys. You yeah. absolutely need to come away with one of the top two guys. So if they land a Kenny Pickett or a Malik Willis here, I'm cool with it. Sure. But... <sighs> I don't even know if I'm cool with that. I yeah. Feel no, like, if, even, even then you're still kind of like, okay. Like I, I would get yeah. it. I would, I would get it. I, it. it. I would
0: understand it. But there, I don't think Kenny Pickett, I mean, maybe Kenny Pickett, I, I guess he would be the only pro ready guy right now. But like anybody who thinks Malik Willis is going to come in here and start and be successful as a rookie. Well,
1: it's well that's out the of their thing. Month. I don't. I don't think just because you trade and move up for somebody that that means they have to start right away.
0: But I am that's gonna be that's gonna be the, the outlook that right from the jump. People have already you could bring me in. You could sign me to a one year contract and say, This is Noah Strackbine, free agent, take a picture of how I look right now. Okay? What's up, guys? Stud. I, Put me right on the team's website, whatever you want to do. People would immediately say, start him over Mason Rudolph. I don't care. Start him over Mason Rudolph. So you bring in Malik Willis, even if he's not ready to start and you trade up to get him. Dude, Mason doesn't even take one first team rep. He can't. Just doesn't – I mean, I I don't think that there's a quarterback in this draft that's pro-ready enough to save the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I think people are going to come to that realization a little bit more as we move forward. But to trade up for the fourth guy,
1: I mean, that makes zero, zero sense. It's one thing for them to take a flyer on a guy, like either where they're currently sitting or like in the later round. But that's also how we got Mason Rudolph. That's also yeah, how that's we got Josh true. Dobbs. That's also how we got Landry Jones, you know? True, true. And I don't think that
0: the Steelers really looking for a, a full-time starter when they drafted any of these guys. I think that they thought Mason has potential. I still think Mason yeah. does have untapped potential. I also least.
1: think he has potential.
0: Yeah, I think people are overwriting Mason, which is fine. Like, I, you know, he's a quarterback. He's stunk. He's done some bad things. And truly, he just yep. fits nowhere in the Steelers' culture. That being yep. said... If the dude left Pittsburgh and went and succeeded somewhere else, I'd be like, yeah, well, you know, saw that one coming. No surprise there. But to get a guy that you just feel has such a low ceiling in a draft class that is so loaded that that just doesn't sit, sit at 20. And if you find a Zion Johnson, a Charles Cross at 20, you know, any of any cornerback out there, you can find an inside linebacker.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think Linderbond falls that far, but. I mean, I if, if you could, I mean, if you traded up to number 10 and drafted Tyler Lindenbaum, that'd be a lot better situation than trading up to draft Sam Howell. Yeah. Or somebody or Malik that. Willis.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Like, you, you would really have to, like, promise me, like, a, a generational talent at any position for me um, to move up from 20 to 10 here in this draft, especially considering the last time the Steelers did that, you know, where we're kind of at with Devin Bush right now. Although at the time, that was a very good trade. And, you know, through the first couple of years of Devin Bush playing, that was a very good trade still. And there's still a lot of time for Devin Bush to kind of make good on, you know, the draft capital that was given up to go and get him. But, man, like, that that actually might be the the worst thing that organization can do is to move up to number 10, go get Sam Howell. And, you know, just sacrifice a lot of draft capital because, like you know, like the, the price tag to move up and get a quarterback is going to be a little bit different to move up and go get a linebacker. Like you're, you're not going to get like a like a swap picks a second and then like a third round like pick for like the following year's draft as well. Uh, kind of similar to how they did in the, uh, the Denver Broncos trade.
0: Yeah, I agree. So two things here. Uh, Aiden's got some some good ones for us. Uh, one, I agree with this statement, and I think a lot of other people agree with this statement. My problem is, is that Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, Marcus Mariota, who we're about to talk about, um, Jameis Winston, Dwayne Haskins, any of them, none of them are going to beat any of these guys in the playoffs. It's not going to happen. Like there is not a quarterback that the Pittsburgh could Pittsburgh Steelers can secure this season through the draft or free agency, and say this guy has potential to go win a Super Bowl. And frankly, Ben Roethlisberger didn't have potential to go win a Super Bowl because the Pittsburgh Steelers are so like they're so deteriorated right now and they need time to rebuild. I understand that that's a very hard thing to grasp for every single person included, but it's the truth. Like you can't no matter who the Steelers bring in right now or start in 2022, the expectations seven, eight wins max. And if they pull out anything better than that, it's, it's kind of a bad thing.
1: I think people need to remember, the Steelers are not one quarterback away. No, they're not. We really do understand that, like, okay, dream scenario, if they do go get Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis, the work is not done. Like, there is absolutely – maybe four or five more moves that need to be made for me to really be comfortable about the Steelers at least contending for a Super Bowl next year. And, like, it, it, it's just not going to happen. The no, If this- the Steelers were one quarterback away, that's when you pick up the phone and you go get Russell Wilson, you go get Aaron Rodgers, you go get somebody, a, a proven veteran winner that can take your team to the next level and guarantee that you'll at least be in contention for a Super Bowl. But like you said, like, all of the guys that have been named or, you know, linked – with the Steelers in the offseason so far, they are not leaving the Steelers to a Super Bowl. It's and just not going to happen. To to make the Russell
0: Wilson argument, that doesn't change anything either because you're going to send Russell Wilson into Pittsburgh, which Russell Wilson fell off at the end of the season. Whether you want to admit it or not, still has no offensive line. Somebody name me the Steelers' starting center in 2022 because right now my best guess is J.C. Hassenauer. Okay, yeah. name me a, the starting right tackle. I can't do that because there's not the only one under contract right now is Zach Banner. You're going to tell me that Kevin Dotson and Kendrick Green are the answer at guards. I'm not totally secure on that one either. The only wide receivers that the Steelers are rocking with right now are Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson with Ray Ray McLeod playing slot. Betty Snell Jr. Is still the backup plan to Najee Harris. There's no inside linebacker next to Devin Bush unless you expect Buddy Johnson to make the biggest jump in the whole freaking world. Terrell Edmonds is now gone with no replacement yep. in sight. There's one cornerback. His name's Cam Sutton that's under contract. The only one under contract. There's not even others to talk about. There's one. Uh, oh, excuse me. Two. His name's Justin Lane. Thank you. Um, oh. Yeah, Tyson Alualu is still coming back. We don't know how he's going to look. Chris Wormley is still the starting defensive end because Stefan Tuitt is, in my eyes, gone. Yeah, you're to, and you're going to tell me this team this team is the farthest thing from ready to put anybody in a quarterback yeah. and succeed. Um, here's a good, here's a, a more reasonable expectation. Here, Marcus Mariota and draft an offensive lineman. I've seen this pop up a lot. I think you've talked about this too. From time to time, do you think that, I mean, is it a better bridge option than
1: anybody else? I think we already know what Marcus Mariota is, which can be either a good or a bad thing. Um, if you're only looking for a bridge quarterback, I feel like he's kind of middle of the pack just in terms of what he's going to bring to the table. Um if you're trying to compete, I'd rather get the other guy on the Raiders, Derek Carr. But like that's going to cost a whole lot of money. And the Steelers are not going to want to sink a whole lot of money at the quarterback position whenever they are just now getting to offload a whole lot of money from the quarterback position with Big Ben's contract. Um, if you're looking for a bank for your buck value, I'd rather have a guy like Mariota over Winston and a lot of the other options I've seen thrown around, including Mitch Trubisky, so sure. Um, but at the end of the day, man, like it, it's not going to move any needles. Um, it would be interesting to see what Mariota looks like in that Canada's offense. Cause we've heard everything about how, uh, you know, the would look so much different with like a mobile quarterback, you know, that in, in the scheme, you know, that might be able to open things up. And I feel like at least with Mariota at the helm, we would be able to really find that out one way or another. So, um, you yeah, know, yeah. either Mariota comes in and, you know, Canada is able to, you know, ex- exploit his legs for good or, nothing changes from the offense that we saw last year and Canada finally gets the boot out of here.
0: Yep. I agree. I think Mary, I I agree. Mariota, all he does, which is a good, it it would be a good test is to say, all right, well, here you go, Matt Canada. There's your quarterback. There's your mobile quarterback. You got your mobile guy. You got your running back. You got your two tight ends. Go lead an offense, go lead your offense to all the success that you claim you could have. I don't think that it would work. I think Matt Canada's, going to prove to us very soon that he's not
1: NFL offensive coordinator yeah. worthy. Did, did we tell the good people uh, what we heard from the Senior Bowl about Matt Candida? Mm, I don't know if we did. You could tell them. Um, I, I am by no means trying to start a smear campaign, but I mean, we heard from multiple people <laughs> down at the Senior Bowl, uh, that from NFL people, that they were legitimately shocked Matt Canada went back. Okay, oh, like they, yeah. they were they were surprised that Matt Canada has a job right now.
0: Yeah, people seemed uh very convinced. And even like you heard things like like the Steelers are extremely unhappy with Matt Canada. Like it wasn't just like, like analysts were like, I can't believe that they gave him a job. It was like, from everything we've heard, everyone is disappointed in who this guy is as a coach. Yeah. And I think you kind of feel that from the body language that you got down at the Senior Bowl. Canada was always kind of like behind everybody else with the Steelers. And I just think that it just showed like, Hey, you know, I understand that I'm on thin ice. I think that ice is going to start cracking real, real soon, which is a good lead in here to what I consider another absolutely garbage hire by Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert. And uh, that is the offensive line coach edition of Pat Meyer who will replace Chris Morgan, who replaced – I'm blanking on – Sean Surrett. Nope, Sean Surrett was before the guy that left for Oregon, who I'm going to blank on his name. My apologies there. Pat Meyer comes from Carolina. Before that, he was with the Los Angeles Chargers. Let me just read off some things here, okay? So the offensive line ranking – under Pat Meyer, the last five seasons, okay? Granted, can't get any worse than the Pittsburgh Steelers who have been dead last for the last two years. But you can get pretty freaking close. In 2021, the Carolina Panthers ranked 31st. In 2020, 18th. The Chargers in 2019, 29th. The Chargers in 2018, 30th. And the Chargers in 2017, 24th.
1: Really, really all this? uh, I don't want to tell you. I don't want to. Don't don't say don't say the three letters. (laughs) Do not tell me it's the three letters. It is the three letters. Just trash them.
0: No, but I told you that the product. I agree with the product, and I just don't agree with. I just don't agree with their analysis. I agree with the product. I don't agree with the analysis. I can pull something else up if you'd like to pull something else up. Okay, here, here. Um rushing success rate. This is straight from Derek. I don't know where he got it, but this is from Derek. Probably Under Pat Meyer. That. Right. Yeah, he probably did this yeah. himself. Yeah. 2021, 15th, 2020, 12th, 2019, 10th, 2018, 9th, 2017, 12th.
1: Better well, numbers. Those
0: numbers are a lot better. I wouldn't say a lot better, but they are they are definitely better. Top 10 is nice. I just, I just don't think that – like, I didn't expect Mike Munchak to come back to Pittsburgh, especially because people started that narrative and the dude's still employed in Denver. I don't know how that happened. But, like, I don't know. I don't feel good about taking a guy who uh, couldn't make Christian McCaffrey number one and just saying, there you go.
1: There's our guy. I mean – this isn't a hire that like gets me going in the morning, you know. Like it, this isn't replacing any cup of coffee uh, by me seeing the dude's name, but like also at the same time, you have to remember, um, Christian McCaffrey's been hurt the last two years. I, I think I read somewhere he missed twenty three games, and I mean I'm I am sure we're talking about a much different narrative if McCaffrey plays. Also, we have to remember, who is he working with in Carolina? Can you name one offensive lineman for the Carolina Panthers?
0: Yeah, Trey Turner t- 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 two years no, no, no. <laughs> ago. La-
1: la- last year, can-, can you name one offensive lineman for the Carolina Panthers? No, no, because no I can't. Th- there is no superb lineman on that front five, right? And yeah. I-, I get it. Like, he's coming to Pittsburgh where, you know, it's kind of the same story. And you know how is he supposed to develop these guys? Whenever he couldn't even really develop those guys over there in Carolina, I think this move was about continuity more than anything. Um, because it, if you're going to bring over uh, you know, the wide receivers coach from Carolina, you're you're going to bring over the offensive line coach who coached with the wide receivers coach and Matt Canada whenever they were all at NC State. So like I, I kind of get that just in terms of wanting everybody to be on the same page. Offensive line coaching at the at the end of the day. I'm going to get a lot of hate for this. Um, Mike Munchak was not fixing a lot of the issues that happened last year. Like M- Mike Munchak is a very, very good offensive line coach. And I think that needs to be stated. But like the issues that kind of like resided with Pittsburgh's offensive line play couldn't be helped with coaching. They just have a bad offensive line. And it's okay to admit that. It is okay to admit the Pittsburgh Steelers had a bad offensive line because of their front five, a majority of the season, was not good. At mm-hmm. some point, coaching cannot take you from a bad player to an OK player. It just can't. It just I agree cannot. But I agree. so I, I, I see both sides because, like, on the other side of the coin, and it's what a lot of people who kind of share your, you know, thought processes is that okay? We know these guys are bad. Why not go get somebody who can help these guys kind of take the next step? Where it, it, they're going into a season where they're going to have to they're going to have either Mason Rudolph or rookie quarterback playing behind them. Najee Harris is going to probably see another 350 touches next year. They need to step up and they need to play well.
0: Yeah. And, but that's my concern with this is so I feel terrible for Najee Harris because the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to completely waste his career completely. I mean, he's going to be two years in. he's going to be 700 touches deep into his NFL career. He's already going to be 25 years old. The dude is going to have the worst offensive line in football back to back seasons. I mean, that's rough, you know? Like, that's that's tossing Barry Sanders out there and not being Barry Sanders. You know what I'm saying? Um, I like that. I, I agree with you that the Steelers are on the same boat. And I don't expect Mike – I wouldn't expect Mike Munchak to come in here and fix anything. But I, what I would expect Mike Munchak to do, and maybe I, I don't know enough about Meyer, so I can't make this judgment about him. But what I would have expected Munchak to do is to create his type of offensive line. So the Pittsburgh Steelers last season went after a nasty offensive line group. Kendrick Green, all you heard about him is how nasty he is. Trey Turner. Trey Turner, nasty. Who was the best lineman in that group? Dan Moore. You want to know what you heard about Dan Moore? He's super intelligent. He understands how to play the game very, very well. Think about the Pittsburgh Steelers' past offensive line, the last great group that they had. Marquise Pouncey was as nasty as they come, but that dude understood football and how to play football yeah. and how to play that offense perfectly.
1: Dave DeCastro, da- one of these guys, David DeCastro, years.
0: genius, straight out of Stanford. Ramon Foster, you don't make it 11 years in the league as an undrafted free agent unless you're a genius. Doesn't happen. And Big Al, who literally is the most interesting human on the planet. You're going to tell, like, that's that's a group that can lead to success that you could build off of. You put all these nasty guys together, and you're going to hope that they play very physical, but you're going to lead to a lot of things. The Steelers had so many unnecessary penalties on their offensive line that killed drives last season, and you don't fix that with a bunch of guys that don't understand not to do that. I think that's what Munchak would have at least done. Again, I don't know Meyer. I don't know the Panthers' um, penalty situation from the last two seasons. All I know is that the Pittsburgh Steelers are heading down the wrong direction and rebuilding this offensive line. That's where I would have liked Munchak or somebody to come in here
1: that that, that could change that narrative. Okay, but here's the thing. Munchak left a few years ago, right? Mm -hmm. Does he even want to come back? I mean, his roots are here. He's from Pittsburgh. Sure, but, like.
0: Or he's from Scranton, but he's from Pennsylvania. He, but, like, if that was the case, why would he leave in the first place? His daughter lives out in Denver.
1: Okay, so why, why I would I actually, he like, leave know the, the Munchak daughter.
0: family for some reason. Do you? The, yeah, yeah. So my, uh, like, best friend growing up is mm. his, like, his wife's nephew.
1: Interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Um, so like I, I, but like, I don't know him, but I know that family tree. So he, his daughter lives out in Denver. I believe maybe both of them live out in Denver. Um, so he, it was interesting for him to go out there. However, his family roots are from Pennsylvania. I don't know if that means that he'd want to come back, but if he doesn't have a job in Denver, why would you not want to come back? And that was, I think how that all started was people were just like, oh, he's not going to fit in with the new head coach. It's time to, you know, they're going to get rid of him." And here we are. They have not gotten rid of him. So I yeah. think that, you know, I don't know how strong that narrative really was.
1: Listen, man, if Mike Munchak wanted to be in Pittsburgh, I don't think he would have left in the first place. Um, so I I just think he wanted something new. I think it was time for a change for both him and the Steelers. Um, people wanted an outside hire. They got an outside hire, and you know, yeah. they're not happy with it. Um, I think it's still very early to tell obviously whether or not this is a good hire. Uh, we'll see. I mean, we'll see, but I have to make this very, very clear. If the Steelers do not do anything to the offensive line this offseason to improve it, I absolutely will not blame this guy at all for anything. No, else. no, no. no anything.
0: I will not. Just like I didn't blame last year's coach at all. Um, I Truthfully, this is all to me. If the Pittsburgh Steelers do not add at least two, starting quality offensive linemen and not Kendra Green starting quality offensive linemen, no, with, with two actual, starting like quality offensive linemen, then Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert have completely messed this up.
1: Completely no, I messed completely up. I, I think two is the bare minimum. Like, it, it's got to be yeah. a starting point. If, if they don't give, get two starting quality guys, like you said, what are we doing here? Yeah, like, it doesn't make why, sense. Why are, why are we wasting everybody's time? Mhm.
0: That's all it is. And imagine being a guy like Najee Harris again where you come in here and they're like, "You you didn't draft, you didn't draft any offensive lineman, you didn't sign any I'm working with the same guys that I was working with last year where we couldn't get anything done and you expect things to just get better. I just yeah. you have to I think you have to use the first round pick on an offensive lineman. I think you have to sign at least bare minimum one, if not two. And I would not head into the season with any assumptions. Dan Moore Jr is the only starting offensive lineman on that group in my eyes and i think he's good i think he'd be better on the right side but i think he's i think he's good i think he's got a ton of potential he's a very very smart player kendrick green i don't that to me out he's not a he didn't prove anything didn't prove a
1: single I thing i would yeah kevin Dotson's um, the same way Dotson, but talk about dotson uh dotson really fell off man because like he looked like he was going to be a key centerpiece Forward to Pittsburgh Steelers moving forward. And I, I, I just don't know what happened. I don't know what happened to him. He's he can't stay healthy for one. For
0: two, I get that he had two rookies next to him, which is not helping anybody, but he looked like he was trying to do too much. I just think him and Kendra Green are so unproven right now that you can't you cannot head into the season saying those two are our are our starters. Cement it. Like, no way. In my draft, I had Zion Johnson, and my thought was that's a challenge you know what i mean the best two will start i in my opinion it'd probably be kendrick green and uh zion johnson at guards you still have a center to work with but dude i don't know i don't think any of them are uh we'll answer one more before we get out of here do you think that we have a bad record next new year tomlin gets fired no no Tomlin'll never get fired. <laughs> Tomlin yeah. will never get fired. If you're being honest, Tomlin has screwed up this team already to where they are now. It's not 100% his fault. But I I, I just don't think I just don't think that there's it, it's the Rooney's my thought is if guys like Keith Butler and Randy Feekner had the opportunity to walk out of here on their own terms, Mike Tomlin is going to walk out of here on his own terms. That's how it's going to work. He's also a very good coach. When he is good, you have to acknowledge that at times. He does make a lot of mistakes, but, I mean, the dude's been to two Super Bowls. Most coaches can't say that, so it is what it is. Thank you, everybody, for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Talk. You have 24 hours. We are 24 hours away before our promo code ends. With Manscaped, we need one more person to use that promo code to lock up a long-term deal with these guys. We appreciate you as much as you guys like listening to us. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you again. We'll be back tomorrow, me and Donnie for another episode
1: of all Steelers talk. We'll see you then.